Isn't he awesome tonight? Has he been good to you today? Has he been faithful to you this week? Amen. It's been faithful to one person out there. Has he been faithful to you this week? Amen. Acts chapter 2, and we're going to get there in a moment. But before we do, I'm going to ask that we bow our heads and pray tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for the word that we're about to partake of. And God, I ask that our ears would be attentive to hear. Our hearts would be ready to receive what you have for us tonight. And God, I ask that you would just release fires of passion and let it rest on your people tonight, God. Let us be passionate again. Let us have fresh fire, fresh vigor for the things that you're calling us to. And Lord, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for the people in this church. And God, I thank you for what you've done, what you're doing. But God, I thank you more for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Acts chapter 2. We're going to get there in a moment. We're going to be reading the first eight verses to you tonight. But I don't know if you noticed, but it snowed over the last... 24 hours, and many of you thought it was spring, and God's just letting you know that he's still in control, and that uh, he is the master of the winds, and uh, many of you thought it was spring, like I said, but this was a disruption, right, to what we know as spring, correct? Can someone shake your head, let, you know, let me know that you're with me awake this, this, this evening? So it was a disruption. How many likes disruptions? How many likes to be disrupted? If you're going to be in ministry, you're going to have to get used to it. But can you say amen, Pastor? <laughs> disruptions are a part of life, are they not? Uh, how many likes to be disrupted while you're eating dinner? How many likes to be disrupted? And this is, this is my thing. How many loves to be disrupted while you're watching a movie? When you got that friend that's about to tell you what's going to happen, when you can just sit there and see it happen yourself. I didn't, I didn't buy the movie so you could be my narrator. I bought it so you could just sit there and be quiet and watch it with me, right? We don't like disruptions, but yet we know, Brother Dan, that disruptions are part of life. What, is, what does it mean to be disrupted or to disrupt? It means to interrupt the normal course of things. Or the normal course of something. Things were one way. We thought it was spring, Brother Chris. But God said, nah, it's not spring just yet. We thought that we were going to watch the movie. But hey, sometimes your two-year-old daughter's got other plans for you. Okay, you thought you was going to do this. And you thought you were going to do that in life. And I thought I'd go to college. I'd become a teacher. I'd be a football coach. And I, I had plans. But there was disruptions in my life and disruptions in my, my, my thoughts and in my plans that I had for my life. And we know that there's disruptions all around and that they are a fact of life. It's not a matter of if, it is when. They will come. Some are good distractions or disruptions. Others are not so good. But I want to read to you tonight in Acts chapter 2. And we're going to talk about a couple kinds of disruptions and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one, with one accord in one place. And suddenly, tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, suddenly. 
There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how, and how hear we every man in his own tongue wherein he was born? So many of you that have been raised in church might know what this portion of Scripture is talking about. This is what we call the day of Pentecost. And many of you have heard this, this, this text many times in your life, your young life, your adult life. You've heard this many times. And what happens here is God sends the comforter that Jesus foretold of to his disciples and he sends the Holy Spirit and he enters the room where they were gathered. There's 120 people there. And he enters the room as a rushing mighty wind and as cloven tongues as a fire. It comes in contact with each of them. They begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. And they don't even realize that as they are speaking in tongues, they are speaking in other languages that everyone is hearing the works of the Lord in their own language. These men are confounded. These Jews that, that are there assembled for this feast, they are just amazed about what is going on. But I, I want to give you some context to this story tonight. Jesus has been crucified. Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus has spent time appearing periodically to his disciples and to his followers, showing himself as risen from death, risen with the power of death, hell, and the grave in his hands. He now, is, he now has conquered sin for you and I. And he reveals himself over many days. And we find that eventually he will Ascend into heaven in Galilee, and while he ascends, but right before he ascends into heaven, he tells us in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, he tells his disciples, You need to get to Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high, until you come in contact with this comforter, with this Holy Spirit that I am sending to you. And the Bible tells us that he ascends into heaven. We find in Acts chapter 1 that they go to Jerusalem. Um, they go to the upper room. 500 saw him ascend, uh, but only 120 are blessed uh, with the blessing of the Holy Ghost. We find uh, that in Scripture, but they're in that upper room. And while they're in this upper room and they're waiting, uh, the Bible teaches us and, and his history teaches us that they were in the upper room 10 days, it is believed. And I'm having all kinds of problems with this thing because my ear's too big, I guess. So, so they're, they're, they're there at the, at the feast of what we would call Shabbat or what they would call Shabbat. We call it Pentecost, uh, but the Jewish people call it Shabbat or the Feast of Weeks uh, or the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of the Latter First Fruits. It is celebrated 50 days after, after Passover where Jesus was 
brought up to be sacrificed uh, and his blood was shed on the cross. Uh, we, we know these things and I could, I could teach you about these, these, these feasts uh, and, and I could teach you about these celebrations. Uh, but here's what I want you to understand tonight is that it, Jerusalem is a busy place. This feast is going on and it's one of the few migratory or pilgrimage feasts uh, where everybody in the ancient world, there's Jews spread out in Greece. Uh, there's Jews spread out throughout the Roman Empire. There's Jews in Africa and Northern Africa and, and, and places like Ethiopia and Cyrene and all these places. Uh, but this is a pilgrimage feast uh, and people will spend weeks on the road to come to Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost or Shabbat. They come for this special day. So imagine this. It's like New York City in Jerusalem. And, and, and imagine this, if you will. Sister Terry, you're fasting. You're praying. You're in a room with the windows open. You're in a room with the doors wide open. They didn't have modern technologies that we had. They, they, they heard everything going on outside. People are singing. There's music in the air. There's dancing in the streets. There's shouting. There's the smell of food. How many loves the smell of food when you're on a fast? It is the devil is a liar. Get away from me. Depart from me. I don't know you anymore. All kinds of things. I love how you're on a fast and foods you don't even like start looking good. And all this stuff starts happening. And, and they're, they're in this upper room and they're trying to get a hold of God. They don't even know what they're praying for. They just know that something's coming. And, and they're desiring a move of God. And, and they're in this place. And outside all they hear is the noise. All they have is disruption after disruption. There's many people. Again, 500 saw him ascend into heaven. And I believe that there was more than 120 that went to the upper room. But there were some people that said, listen, I'm going to get caught up in the disruptions and the distractions. And I'm going to go outside and I'm going to feast. Because that's what we're supposed to do. That's what everybody else like us is doing. It's a Jewish feast. It's customary for us. This is something that we should be doing. This is something we should be participating in. But you find there's 120 that say, I refuse to, to be disrupted. I refuse to be moved from what God is doing in my life. I'm having all kinds of problems with this thing tonight. And the devil is a liar because he don't want me to preach this to you. So I want you to know tonight that there are disruptions in your spiritual walk. When you're seeking after God and you're pursuing God, there are disruptions. I'm about to burn this thing. It ain't happening today. You ain't ruining my message tonight. All right. We're going to try this again. Don't unmute me here. Lord have mercy. Okay. Won't stay on my ear. Disruption. It's a distraction. Okay, so there's all these disruptions and distractions like we're seeing in my message tonight. But we see that they're in this place. They are so focused. Uh, Sister Terry, they're wanting to get a hold of God. Uh, they're, they're in a place where they're desiring a move of God. Uh, but how many knows that people will come and say, why are you doing that? Uh, you should be with us. Uh, you should be doing this. Uh, you should be doing that. Uh, and there's all kinds of things uh, that will come against you. But I want you to understand something. Uh, in the last few 
few decades in the church in America, there have been many disruptions. The world and the world system and this world is, is ruled by powers of darkness. There's sin throughout this world. We know that. They have come in and they've tried to dictate to the church how they should worship, how they should pray, how they should seek God. They've tried to come in and say, well, this is how you should dress. This is how you should act. It's okay if you want to listen to that and go to church on Sunday. As long as you go to church, you'll be fine. There's been all kinds of disruptions come in towards the people of God and on the things of God. There have been all kinds of things that have come against the church. And even recently, I believe wholeheartedly that COVID-19 was an attack, a strategic attack on the body of Christ. We don't want you to assemble together. We don't want you to be together. We don't want you to agree on one thing and see God move. We don't want to see you come together in unity. You see, because the disruption, my Bible tells me in Acts chapter 2 that they were in one place, in one mind, in one accord. They had one objective, but there was all this distractions. There was all this disruption. COVID-19 tried to keep the people of God from assembling together. And now they're, they're, they're petitioning and they're placing and they're proposing bills that will tell me and Pastor Ronnie that we can't preach the, the uncompromising word of God. That we can't speak the truth without being arrested. They're trying to do these things. The enemy is trying to disrupt what the church is doing. But I want you to know something tonight. There were 120 that said, I will not remove myself from the altar. I will not remove myself from my knees. I will not partake of anything going on in this world until I receive what God has promised me. There was 120 that said, I've got a made up mind. I'm going on with this thing. I'm going on with Jesus. I know what he said, but I want you to realize something tonight that there may be disruptions in your spiritual walk from the enemy, but I want you to read verse 6 with me tonight in Acts chapter 2. Now when there was noised abroad, turn to your neighbor and say noised abroad. That means there was a sound generated in the Greek. That's literally what it translates to mean. It means there was a sound generated that got everybody else's attention. Those that were dancing like the world. Those that were partaking of the drugs. Those that were partaking of all the things going on outside the walls. There was a group of people that experienced the promise of God and now instead of them being disrupted by the world, the church began to disrupt what was going on in society. Listen, we don't need another program. I don't need to sing your favorite song. I don't need to preach you happy tonight. I want you to know that if the church will be what God has called us to be, there won't be the world disrupting the platform, but the platform will disrupt and change the world. I'm going to preach to you tonight. I feel Jesus in this house. Listen, the Holy Ghost, a Holy Ghost disruption came to this world. Now instead of the world dictating and disrupting the church, the church began to disrupt the world. My Bible tells me in Acts chapter 1, 
In verse 8, before Jesus ascends into the heavens, he tells them this, that you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What was Jesus saying there? He's saying, I'm going to give you power to be a disruption to sin. I'm going to give you power to be a disruption to the thing your child's dealing with. I'm going to give you the authority to be witnesses to disrupt the political systems of your day. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you the ability to disrupt the kingdom of darkness. I want you to know tonight that the enemy has come to PTC and he's tried to distract you from worshiping. He's tried to distract you from getting in these altars and getting what you need. He's come and attacked your mind. He's attacked your family. He's attacked your life but I want you to know that just as the enemy has been disruptive to you there's a Holy Ghost indignation there's a Holy Ghost disruption that's dwelling on the inside of you that is waiting to be released tonight oh I want you to know Jesus said I'm going to give you power to be a disruption and we read through the book of Acts brother Chris that the church after the day of Pentecost excuse me, tonight, uh, became nothing but a disruption. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John's just going to church, uh, but then there saw a crippled man at the gate called Beautiful. He says, gold and silver have I none, but as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, uh, rise and walk. Uh, They were a disruption. Uh, You go into Acts chapter 5, Peter was a disruption to traffic in the city. Uh, Why? Because they would bring their their, their crippled out. Uh, They would bring the lepers out. They would bring those broke, busted, and disgusted out into the streets. Why? Just so the the shadow of Peter could pass over them and they would be healed. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 6 that Stephen was disruptive to the religious leaders and theologians of his day. The Bible says as he was arguing with them about Jesus Christ and the validity that he was the Son of God, when he began to argue with them, they said they could not help but be entrenched or be amused or be drawn to his wisdom. He disrupted everything in his day. Then Acts chapter 10, Jesus used, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, used Peter to disrupt religion. Peter was never supposed to go to Cornelius' house. He wasn't a Jew. He was a Gentile. He should have never heard the message. He should have never been preached to. He should have never been come in contact with the things of God. But Peter stood in that house and he said I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. What I want you to know tonight is that the church of Jesus Christ is a disruptive church. That the church of Jesus Christ is not a defensive unit but it is an offensive unit. I want you to know tonight that greater is he that is in you than anything that hell can throw at you. I wish somebody would know who they are. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 12 that Peter was disruptive even to the prison system. They put guards around him. They had guards sleeping with him. But he walked through one gate. He walked through another gate. And he walked through another gate. And he woke up and he realized, I wasn't dreaming, but God's delivered me. He was disruptive. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 14 that Paul was so disruptive that they stoned him. They took him out 
around the city and threw him down as dead but he got up and he went back into the city the Bible tells us in Acts 16 that the Jews at Thessalonica said that these Christians are the one that have turned this world upside down I want you to know in Acts chapter 19 that Paul shook the kingdom of darkness so much he was so disruptive that when the seven sons of Sceva were casting a devil out of a young man the devil spoke up and said I know Jesus and I know Paul but I don't know who you are why did they know who Paul was because he was a disruption my Bible tells me in Acts chapter 28 that Paul shipwrecked on the island of Melita was bit by a snake and when they saw the villagers the islanders saw that that didn't harm him they, he, he was a disruption to idolatry and paganism and he had revival on that island and there was healing that took place I want you to know that the church of Jesus Christ has to become a disruptive church again oh I wish you were with me tonight I wish you knew what I was preaching tonight oh I, I, I wish I wish you could feel what I feel uh, in, my, in my spirit tonight. Uh, I'm not telling you to act crazy in church. I Listen, I believe God is a God of order. I'm not saying you should be disruptive in the house of God. But I'm saying you should be so close to God. Uh, you should desire the things of God so much uh, that you are disruptive at your workplace. Uh, that people will sit there with you uh, and say, I don't know what it is about you, man. I don't know what it is about you, sister. But you, you've, you've got something about your life. Uh, You've got something within you. Uh, people used to sit on the train with Smith Wigglesworth uh, and say, Sir, you're going to have to get in another car uh, because the anointing of God is on your life so strong. Uh, you're convicting me of my sins. Uh, I want you to know that there is a disruptive church. Uh, there is a powerful church. Uh, there is something inside you uh, that you have yet not tapped into. Uh, there are gifts in you that you have not stirred up yet. Uh, I want you to know that God uh, is bringing back a disruptive church. Listen, I want to ask you tonight in the times and the seasons that we're living in why does it seem that the church of Jesus Christ is no longer disruptive to this world? Why does it seem at times at the American church that we're not making any headway but we seem to be losing ground. I know it's not that way here in this house, uh, but I'm telling you, I, I, I spent uh, last weekend with a pastor, uh, and he just poured out his heart. Uh, and I, I'll tell you, it was so sad. Uh, his, his wife looked at me, and she said, I will tell you right now, our people are terrified. Listen, I believe... Uh, I know COVID was hard and I believe we should take precautions and use wisdom. But they said our people, it's not even about wisdom. It's not about precaution. They said they are absolutely terrified. We can't get them to come back to church. They are terrified. Our attendance has plummeted. We, we are a quarter of what we used to be. Our people are terrified. They're scared. Listen, why is the church of God not disruptive any longer. It's because we, as saints of the living God, have not allowed the Spirit of the living God to disrupt our lives. You say, what are you saying, preacher? 
We have not allowed God to disrupt our lives. We see for an example of this tonight in, in our text. Uh, there were 120 shut up in a prayer meeting seeking and fasting and desiring something of the Father desiring more. And on every side, every, every window, there was a party going on. They're fasting, but they're outside feasting. They're seeking God, but they're out there dancing. They're desiring revival, but they're out there just doing whatever they please. I want you to know that these 120 received a disruptive power from God because they allowed God to disrupt their life. What does that look like? When's the last time you let God disrupt your schedule? It would be quiet there. When's the last time you got up in the middle of the night and you knew that God was calling you to a place of prayer and you didn't go. When's the last time that you allowed God in, to inconvenience you and call you out uh, into a place uh, where you talked to someone that you never thought you'd talk to? I remember just a few weeks ago, me and, me and Ava were playing in the yard. There was a young girl in our, and we live in a neighborhood. And there's people walking all the time. And there was a young girl, uh, I'd say she's about 15, 16 years old, and she was walking the street uh, and she was sobbing. Uh, she was broken. Uh, and God began to move in my heart. And He said, Just ask her if, you're, if she's okay. Ask her if she's okay. I said, Well, I, I don't want to seem weird. I, I don't want to make it awkward for her. But the Lord began to stir my heart. He said, Ask her if she's okay. When's the last time you let God speak to you in that manner and disrupt what you thought you were going to do? Well, God, they're just doing their own thing. You just take care of them. I, I will let you know something tonight, uh, that people are not going to miraculously come into this room. Uh, people are not going to miraculously be drawn uh, here tonight. I want you to know uh, that we're going to have to get some folk. But the only way we'll be able to reach a generation uh, and reach this community if we allow God to disrupt our lives. It'll get quiet on me. It's all right. It's not easy to let God disrupt your life. It's not easy to let Him disrupt your schedule. But I'll tell you tonight, if you're here under the sound of my voice uh, and you're saying, I'm tired of the ordinary mundane Christian life I'm living, uh, there is something more for me. I want you to know, don't listen to the disruptions of the enemy and get so close to God uh, that you become a disruption for the kingdom. church is no longer disruptive because we've not allowed God to be disruptive in our lives I want you to realize something if you're here tonight you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit or if you're here tonight you're seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit or if you're here tonight you don't even know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is I want you to know that is an encounter that you should desire to have in your life. Why? Because if there was no Holy Spirit if there was no Acts chapter 2 1 there would be no church and I want you to know if it wasn't for Pentecost if it wasn't for the outpouring of God's Spirit there would be no Acts of the apostles there would be no disruption there would be no story to tell there would be no writing to write there would be nothing to tell of but listen I want to ask you tonight are we afraid to be who God's called us to be I 
I'm just going to preach to you my heart. Are we afraid? Oh, well, I got my, I got my, my brother here. Or I got my sister here. Or I got my mom or my dad here. I hope, I hope we don't get too Pentecostal today. I hope, I hope there's not too, I hope the Spirit don't come in and disrupt the service because I, I got things to do. Are we afraid to allow God to move in our lives the way that He desires to? Church, I want a disruption. I want revival. I've looked at these young people and said, do you want revival? If you really want revival, raise your hand. And they, they would raise their hand in Sunday school. And I was like, do you realize what that requires? That requires a life of disruption, spiritual disruption. A life, uh, yes, there may be conflict, uh, but a life full of prayer and full of triumph. Listen, Pentecost is not a denomination. It is an experience. Pentecost is a disruption to the ordinary and the mundane. I don't want to sit on the sidelines while I see everybody partaking of the Spirit of God. I don't want to sit on the sidelines and hear, oh, there's revival over there. There's revival over there. I want you to know tonight that revival can start right here tonight if we allow God to come in and disrupt what we have going on in our ordinary daily life. Hope you're still with me tonight. Pentecost is an experience. It's not rules and regulations. It's an experience that empowers you, that stirs you up. It stirs something up in the inside of you, something that you never knew. It's an experience that makes you hunger and thirst after righteousness, that alters your lifestyle. It is an experience that causes you to pursue holiness and separation. It is an experience that will cause you to live right, dress right, talk right, walk uprightly. This is a, a time where God wants His church uh, to be put away, put, put separate, be, be separate from everything that's going on in the world uh, and say, God, I don't need what they have. Uh, I don't need what they're offering, uh, but I need what your Spirit has for me. Are we, are we being disruptive to the world around us? Are there signs following them that believe? My Bible tells me in John chapter 15 that Jesus told His disciples that if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. And it hated you, why? Because you were not of this world, but I've chosen you out of this world. What was He saying? Because you're separate, uh, you are a disruption. This world doesn't like, uh, doesn't like what's being preached on the platform anymore. Why? Because it's disruptive to the life they want to live. Are we afraid of disruption? I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Pastor, I just, you're going to forgive me tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to be very blunt. Are we afraid? Are we afraid of Pentecost? I'm not saying everybody has to run the pews and shout and dance and roll in the floor. Listen, if God asks you to do that, I believe you can do that. But I, I'm not asking you to do those things. What I'm saying is, are we afraid to have a standard? Are we afraid to live righteous? Are we afraid to live holy? Why? Because what everybody else will think. I'll tell you, if you're worried about what everybody else is going to think, you're not in the room. You're one of the 500 
that saw Jesus ascend, but you're one of the others that said, I'm not going to be one of the 120 because I need to be involved with what's going on out here. I'm not saying it's wrong to be to work a job. I'm not saying it's wrong, young people, to be involved in activities at school. I'm not saying any of that's wrong. But I ask you tonight, are you afraid in that setting to be who God has called you to be? Peter knew by walking into Cornelius' house that he would have to go back to Jerusalem and answer for it. But he said, I'm going to allow God to move me in a direction that I'm not used to and I'm not comfortable with. And there was disruption. But it changed the course of history. Do you realize if Peter never went to the house of Cornelius, the Gentiles would have never been grafted in. We would have had no hope of salvation and the gospel of Jesus Christ. This world may hate you. But just remember that you are not of this world. They'll come to the music tonight. You can stay here tonight. You can sit here under the sound of my voice. And you say, Pastor, I want God to use me, but I feel like I have nothing. Listen, I want you to realize that the Bible tells me that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and then the Spirit of God began to move upon the face of the waters and then He spoke, let there be light and there was light. What, what, what does that mean? Is that when God spoke there was a disruption and nothing became something. When the Spirit of God began to move. Stand with me tonight. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm almost done. Brother Garrett, I'm not afraid. I had a conversation right before I came here. And my, uh, a guy I work with, I'm, I'm, the guy, I love the guy to death. He's just an awesome, he's a down-home country boy. He's just, he's just a good old guy. He's a great worker. He does outside sales for our company and does a phenomenal job. And Sarah, he looked at me because he knew I was coming to church. And him and my boss started talking. And they said, he said, you're not one of those Pentecostals, are you? And I know we laugh and that's, that's funny, right? But how many have been like, I am, but. Church, when did we get afraid and get ashamed of the Holy Ghost? I'm sorry, what my mamaw has? What my mamaw Abrams has, my mamaw Carol. She's not ashamed of it. What my mamma Della May had, she wasn't ashamed of it. What my papal Beecher had, what my papal Ernie had, he wasn't ashamed of it. He wasn't afraid of the looks of what people would say. 
what my father has. He's not ashamed of. Listen, I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about a Pentecost experience. I'm not ashamed that Jesus baptized me with His Spirit. I'm not ashamed that I believe that there's right and there's wrong. I'm not ashamed that there's a standard in my life. Young person, I'm not ashamed that I can't dress like everybody else because I believe in clothing myself in purity. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to tell someone, guess what? I don't listen to that. I don't watch that. I'm just being honest with you tonight. Why, why have we allowed the enemy to disrupt us so long that he's convinced us that we shouldn't be full gospel? That there's some sin that's acceptable and there's some sin that there's not. Well, you can do that in moderation, but you can't do that in moderation. You can drink this, but, but you can't tell a lie. So I can moderately do this and drink this, but I, I can't moderately lie? What? I'm not ashamed of the standard that God has placed in my life. I'm not ashamed of my heritage. I'm not ashamed of a mother that used to walk into my bedroom at night at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning speaking in tongues and me and my brothers just sitting there eyes wide open and we know exactly what each other's thinking. What did you do? (laughs) I'm not ashamed of that. Why? Because there was power. Some of the greatest encounters with God I've ever had wasn't in an altar with people of God. Yes, I've had many great encounters, uh, but it was by a bonfire watching five of my closest relatives get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, It was in a living room at eight years old crying my eyes out. uh, And my mother and my my grandmother and my grandfather, uh, they led me to the Lord. I'm not ashamed of that. Young people, you can't be afraid to be a disruption any longer. I'm going to give you a quick story and we're going to end. First Kings. I've had you standing too long. I'm sorry. First Kings. Chapter 1. David is dying. Brother Caden, he wants Solomon to be his successor. But one of David's other sons, Adonijah, says, no, I'm king. Bathsheba, the prophet Nathan, and the priest Zadok come in to David's chamber and they say, listen, Adonijah is trying to raise himself up as king. And David says, he looks at Zadok, he looks at the priest. And Brother Caden, he says, I want you to get him to Gihon. And I want you to anoint him. And I want you to put him on my horse. I want you to give him a kingly garment. And I want you to celebrate like he's the true king. And I want you to celebrate like he's the true authority over your life. And I want you to celebrate like he is truly the anointed one of God. 
You say, Pastor, what does this have to do with anything? I want you to realize that the disruption has taken the throne of this nation. An evil disruption has taken the throne of this nation. An Adonijah spirit, if you will. I, I'm not saying that's a thing, but there's a spirit of a counterfeit. The devil's a counterfeit. He's got a counterfeit for everything. There is a counterfeit spirit ruling this nation right now. And they were not given the authority, nor were they given the anointing to sit there. But because the church has not allowed God to disrupt their life, uh, He's disrupted the nation. But David got a hold of some people of God, a remnant. He just told three people. He said, you go get that young man. You go get that young generation. You tell them they're anointed, that they have authority. And you tell them to celebrate that they have authority. Not boast, not boast in their own ability, but be confident in who God's created them to be. And to know that God has created them to do a certain thing. And he said, you tell him, you tell them to celebrate. And my Bible tells me in 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 39 through 41, that there came a shout and there came a trumpet blast and there came such a celebration that it shook Adonijah's party. And he said, what's that? It's the true king. Young person, adult in this house, don't let the counterfeit sit in your home. Don't let the counterfeit go to school with you. Don't let the counterfeit run your life because you have anointing. Because you have purpose. Because you have the king's permission. You have the king's seal. You have the anointing and the authority on your life to cause a disruption. You see, his disruption was so loud that it caused the world to stop and look and say, what is that? church, Jesus came down and disrupted this world and disrupted hell so much that he conquered sin. And the Bible tells us that we're sin abound because of Jesus' grace much more abound. Where there's an evil disruption, there's a godly disruption. So when I ask you tonight, and we're going to come pray, I've had you stand way too long. You can take it up with Pastor. He takes all the complaints of this ministry. And I want you to know that tonight, you can be a disruption. Young person, someone needs you. You hear me say it all the time. I will never stop saying it. Someone is watching your life. They need you. Lexi, they need you. All hell may be raking loose outside, but you stay in the prayer closet because my God tells me those who pray in secret, He will reward them openly. What? Those who pray in secret, the secret, if I could talk tonight, they will have a disruption openly. So I'm going to ask you, do you want a disruption? If you do tonight, come.
These altars are open. I'm not going to beg you tonight. If you want a disruption in your life, uh, if you want a Holy Ghost disruption, I'm not talking about evil and this and that. No, I'm talking about a Holy Ghost encounter. If you're seeking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you should be at these altars. Uh, If you're desiring, you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but you say, I need refreshed, I re-renewed, you you come and pray. Uh, You pray in your seat, whatever you need to do. Or if you're in this house and say, I have children that need a disruption. I have grandchildren that need a disruption. If that's you tonight, come. I'm not going to beg you, but come tonight. These altars are open. They're going to worship. They're going to sing tonight. But we're going to be disruptive. We're going to interrupt the normal course of things. Hey everybody, Pastor Ron. I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just uh, am so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, We have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.